Thank you, yes. So I'm a prop comic in my, uh, in my spare time too, so you guys could get a look at, I look a little bit of that. So have you ever had to get up in the deep, dark middle of the night? Maybe it's a baby crying. Maybe, maybe you just wanted to eat a piece of chocolate case in peace, <laughs> not have to share it with anyone. Maybe you heard a strange sound somewhere. So the question is, when you get up in the deep, dark middle of the night, do you turn on a light to see where you're going? I'm not very smart, and so I don't. <laughs> and for me, the strange sound that I heard was our dog scratching at the glass sliding door at 2 a.m. Now, ladies, how many of you are single? Okay, we're going to do some marriage counseling right now. Before you get married, decide. Dogs inside the house, dogs outside the house. Okay? I was raised in the country. Dogs are work dogs. Dogs Outside, period, stop. Now, right before we got married, my future father-in-law, who was teaching at the time, a little puppy came wandering into his classroom. And it was an adorable little puppy, and it was the smartest, turned out to be the smartest dog. I, if you have dogs that are smart, I'm sorry, our dog was smarter. Um, and so we were like a month out from getting married, and we knew we wanted a dog, and this dog was free, which is my favorite price. And so dog came to live at my house, and then after we, and he was outside. She was an outside dog for a whole month. And then I got married, and my husband had this dream of the dog, a dog, like sitting at his feet while he read the paper, which really means watch TV, at night, and we're newly married, and I, and I want to make him happy, so, so I caved. That was dumb, <laughs> because one dog was fine, but one dog became one dog and two kids, and then one dog, two kids, sorry, I do know who you are, kids, and a second dog, and the second dog, not as smart as the first dog. Second dog, brain the size of a walnut. And so it is dog number two scratching on the glass door wanting to get out. So I get up because even though I am not the person who wanted dogs in the house, who's the person that gets up to let the dogs out? Same person that feeds said dogs every morning. So, and I don't want to turn on the light because I just want to get back into bed. I don't want to wake up the kids because then it's really all over. So, walking through the living room, and I'm careful not to hit my toe on the coffee table or on the chairs or step on a Lego because that is physically painful. But there's another kind of pain there's psychological pain. 
the psychological pain that comes from walking across the carpet and stepping in something that squishes up between your toes. And then you go, you, you, ooh, uh, it's that whiff of something. Yes, so my dog number two had gone number two on the carpet, and um, she was not scratching at the door to get out. She was scratching at the door to get away from me. <sighs> that number two was not expected. That was not planned. I should have turned on the light. You turn on light to illuminate things. You turn on light to see the problem, to see where you are going. So we're not going to dwell on number two doing number two on the carpet. We're actually going to head towards a different story tonight. Um, that story is going to take us to Luke chapter 11, 33. And it's going to be on the slide, hopefully. Let's see. <gasps> it's magic. Yes. Um, but if you have your Bibles open, I would encourage you um, to have those open. And we're going to be taking some notes, hopefully, or not. That's, that's up to you. So Luke 11, 33. No one, after lighting a lamp, I knew this when I left the house, I swear. Okay, no one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket. But puts it on a stand that all that may enter may see the light. So ladies, that is our theme verse for this weekend. So we're going to be a little bit in Luke, and then we'll be in Matthew as well as the weeks go on. And because I am a recovering junior high teacher, we're going to fill in an acronym today. And our, it is, get this, ready, set, glow. Am I brilliant or what? Yeah, it's the or what, just so you're, if, in case you were wondering. So, and we have one letter for each one of the messages. Today is G in Ready, Set, Glow. And it is God as light. God as light. And again, I told you I am a recovering junior high teacher. So um, you can raise your hand or you can shout it out. It's totally up to you. Um, ladies, what are some instruments that we use to house light? That we use to, I'm trying to, I brought the flashlight because I couldn't think of the word. I'm a writer and I couldn't think of the words that I wanted you to say. But what are some things that we use to project, I'm sorry, light? Lantern, candles, light bulbs, lighter cell phone, flash, lighthouse, flashlights, 
Matches, excellent. You, this is the A-plus class, I can tell. This is the AP class. So we have all of these things that house the light. Why do we need light? We need it to dis dispel the darkness, physical light. We need it to read my notes. Yes, so those are good explanations of physical light. But what about spiritual light? What about that spiritual light that they talk about in Luke 11, the kind of light that we're not supposed to hide under a basket? What are some of those characteristics, some of those properties of spiritual light? And the Bible is full of references about God's light. We could be here all week, and it would be great because they cook good food and I don't have to do that. But in your program, you'll see that there's a list, I think, of maybe seven places where it talks about the spiritual light of God. The short answer for that question is who or what is the light is God, capital G, capital O, capital D. But they want me to talk for longer, and so we're going to do some digging. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Okay. Co-eternal, co-relational, the three divine persons of our one true God. What did you find? What were some of the characteristics of this spiritual light that is capital G, capital O, capital D? What did you find? Truth, he's, do not be overcome. Wisdom, understanding. Holy Spirit, building of the Holy Spirit. You can put on the Holy Spirit. Light exists because of him. He's a creator. Yes, he's a guide. All of these, all of these great things, right? He's, he's, our, he's a guide. He created light. He says all of this fantastic stuff. And, and we, we as children of the light, and we're going to talk about that on Saturday night, we as children of the light have all of those characteristics of God inside of our hearts, inside of our lamps. We have that wisdom and truth and glory and power and all of those things. And what are we supposed to do with it? We're supposed to share it with everybody. We're supposed to share that wisdom and glory and guidance and truth and all of those things. But, but, in Luke eleven thirty three, 33, Jesus, this is a red letter part of the Bible, Jesus says, as if he knows something about our character, as if he knows something about what we are likely to do, says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in the cellar or under a basket. It's, a, it's as if he knows that that's something we might try to do. The NIV says under a bowl. 
my personal favorite, which is the uh, message version, in a drawer. <laughs> and, and really, I mean, who would do that? Who would take all of this good news and all this guidance and wisdom and love and, and creation, who would take all of that and put it in a drawer? Because that light, that truth and guidance and mercy and love, sometimes, most oftentimes, is tangled up and knotted in an unexplained, unplanned, hard story. And honestly, ladies, there are times when I would rather hide than glow. Uh, in the intro, we have, as she said, that I have, uh, we gotta have, I have a picture of my family. Uh, I have uh, two kids, three if you count my husband. I, that's, I know it's a cheap shot. I'm sorry. He's so he is he is fantastic. He is smart and he is funny and he is a follower of Jesus and he leads our family and he is strong and he's good with all the maths that I am not good at. Um, he's all of those things unless he has a cold. <laughs> or if there's a bumblebee. Like he kills all kinds of stuff and uh, yeah, but bumblebees he's it's don't we don't tell him I said that, Jen, just, just, so, just so we're clear. So that's my husband, Nathan. Next to him is my daughter, Kyler. She is 19 years old. She is a sophomore at Fresno State. She worked up here at Heartland this summer. Um, ladies and grandmas, if you have any men in your life that would fit into that category, I would gladly arrange some kind of... I know. I'm okay. So, so here's the problem. Here's my problem. Um, she is stretching her wings and becoming all that God has for her to be, and I am trying to not screw that up. Okay. When my kids were little, they had those "What to Expect When You're Expecting" books. Do they have those? anymore. Okay, what I need is what to expect when you are expecting to let your little bird fly, right? Okay, that's the shower that I need. What kind of gifts do you think you would get for a shower? Where, okay, I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. All right. So um, she is not the hard story. Thank you, by the way. Um, she's not the hard story I'm going to start to share tonight and share throughout this weekend. Um, our hard story, and then we have one more picture of what our family actually looks like on the daily. There we are. Here we are. Look at that. Um, the hard story I'm going to start to share tonight has to do with uh, the only person in that picture that's not afraid of the dinosaurs. That's Thomas waving at the uh, at those dinosaurs. Or the what are those called? Thank you, mammoths, junior high teacher, English, not science. So our hard story started about 16 years ago when Thomas, uh, who was two at the time. Uh, 
stopped gaining words in his vocabulary. He had, he had met all the other milestones up until that point. Uh, but at, uh, at 18 months, he started to slow down in his speech. And then at two, he kind of stopped. Um, and I'll share deeper uh, tomorrow a little bit about that particular story. But in the next six months, our vivacious, fun-loving boy with a bright smile and, and a light in his eyes shrank into a, a shadow of his former self. And just before his third birthday, we got an autism diagnosis. And I hid him and myself, really, for quite some time. Because the light of God was revealing some things in my heart that I didn't really want to see. But I needed to see. Some things that I had in my heart about Thomas, some things that I had in my heart about God. Uh, there was a, a gap between what I said I believed about God and what my behavior displayed I believed about God. We'll get to that tomorrow. So I've been doing this speaker thing for about five years, and I know you're thinking you really should be better at it by now. Um, and one of the things that I do to try to be better is I am doing an online uh, class. So I have a coach, and there's a group of women from all over the United States, and we practice our craft, and we take these modules. And one of the modules that we took was called Discovering Your Message. And so our coach asked us a question. She said, how do you start to prepare a message? How many of you start with a theme or a topic and then go to the Bible to find support? And we all raised our little Zoom hands. We were so proud of ourselves because I'm thinking, I am finally doing something right in this class. Because my usual process of, do, of just getting a message together is an event planner will give me a topic and he or she will tell them what their heart is for their audience. And then I will think about what I think their heart is. And, and then I'll pray, right? Because that should be first. Anyway, and so after I have all that, then I go in the Bible and I cherry pick stuff to kind of support what the topic is. And inevitably something funny will happen to me or has happened to me that just ties it all up in a nice little bow on the top. So I'm like, yes, I'm doing something right. And she says, no. She says, for your message, the first thing you need to do is pray for your where. Where in Scripture does God want you to deliver a message from? Spend time looking, asking him for your 
where. And once he gives you your where, dig in. Do all the different versions of the Bible. Get out those concordances. Go through the blue letter parts and, and figure out all like the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that good stuff. Really dive in. And then, only then, what's the one thing that your women need to hear? One thing. Well, that is the exact opposite of how I do messages. That sounds like a lot of putting my hope and trust in God and not my usual putting my hope and trust in me. So in the midst of this module that I'm taking, I get a text from a friend of mine. She is uh, the director of Moms Collective at our church. It is a group of moms, and we collect together, you know. Yes! So here is a copy of the text that she sent me. So here we go. This is October the 12th. She texts me. She says, hello, friend. Would you be willing and available to speak at Moms Collective on November 2nd? I don't know why I have to read this to you but I get paid by the word, so that's why. Um, 20 minutes-ish topic, something gratitude -y. See, they give you a topic. And it's Thanksgiving, right? gratitude -y. I think that's how you say that. Uh, or wherever the Spirit leads you, based on our group trajectory. And then Christine is speaking. Okay. And I immediately did not text her back. Does anybody else forget to text people back? Thank you for being my people. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm trying to be better, like 24-hour turnaround is what I'm really trying to go for. So I am, so three, I forget to text her back like for three days. October 15th, so yeah, 1, 2, 12, 13, 14, 15. I, I can do that math anything else and it gets a little shaky but so I am on my walk one morning and I, I okay so I've had melanoma so I wear a big hat when I walk and I listen to the Bible when I'm on my walk in the morning and this is not gonna work with a microphone okay watch we're gonna figure this out I'm gonna do one ear and I'm gonna pretend to be a cool girl because I do actually use like with the cord because I'm afraid if I bought the expensive ones and I'd lost one, yeah, that's a whole different deal. So I'm on my walk on October the 15th. I'm walking and I say to God, all right, God, I'm waiting for my where. Where are you, where do you want me to talk to these women? Where, where, where? If it sounds like taunting, it might have been a little bit of that. <sighs> so I am walking and I'm listening to the Bible on my Bible app, but I'm having a conversation with myself. And I'm thinking about Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 is great. Let me hear you say it. Romans 8? Great. Okay. You should totally read it, and we're going to talk about that 
on Saturday night. It is a chapter that God continues to use to illuminate that gap between what I say I believe about God and what my behavior displays I believe about God, this God of light. So obviously, Romans 8 is going to be the, the verses that I'm supposed to say to these women in the message. Duh. So my conversation in my head is, all right, Lord, what's the one thing in Romans 8 that these women are supposed to hear? Have I really waited for God to give me my verses? No. Putting my hope and trust in me and not my hope and trust in God. So I'm walking. I'm listening to the Bible and the conversation with myself about Romans 8. Romans 8. Oh, come on. Here we go. Romans 8. Thank you very much. When all of a sudden, through these buzzy layers of conversation I'm having with myself in my head, I hear something different. Call it the voice of God, but if that jeebs you out, I heard a weird voice. I heard these two sentences, clear and crisp. Why are you hiding Thomas? Thomas is my light. Why are you hiding Thomas? Thomas is my light. Well, I didn't tell you about a second layer of conversation I was having with myself in my head. So I'm walking, I'm listening to the Bible, and I'm thinking about Romans 8. Romans 8? Thank you. And should we send Thomas... Should we send our 16-year-old Thomas, who is nonverbal, unless you count four-letter words? Yeah. <laughs> who is on the autism spectrum, who has some developmental and social and emotional delays? Do we send Thomas to Heartland Christian Camp for fall retreat with his youth group? for the first time without his mom or dad with him. Our overall philosophy with Thomas and anything we push him into doing is it just can't be about Thomas. It has to be about the adults and the kids that are going to be with him. And when I say push, I mean it's a push. It's a push to get him to do things. It would be much easier to let him stay at home and play on his iPad. It would be much easier to hide him. It would be much easier to hide our messy life. It would be much easier to hide all of his awkward little tics. It would be much easier to, than putting Thomas and our family in vulnerable situations where people are reminded that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for people who look like you, who talk like you, or walk like you, or think like you. It would be easier to hide him because hard things are exhausting.
and we've been trying to give him more independence. We've been trying to give him and others or give others a chance to get to know and to love Thomas. And Thomas has gone to Heartland Christian Camp before with his youth group. Uh, Nathan, my husband, has been his counselor. His sister has worked up here for two summers. So the staff, some of them have met him. Most of them have heard about him. He, it's a familiar place to him, but, but, is it time to let Thomas shine his light without his mom or dad. I have far too many voices in my head. Why are you trying to hide Thomas? Thomas is my light. Okay, Lord. Okay. One thing. The light. I got it. But, but where is the light reference in Romans 8? I am racking my, because Romans 8 is right. And that must be obviously the void, the messages that I'm supposed to, or the verses I'm supposed to use for my messages. I cannot get out of my own way sometimes, all the times. So Bible playing on my earphones and I'm walking and I'm listening, and I'm thinking about Romans 8, and I'm having all these conversations in my head, when all of a sudden, coming through my earbuds, Luke 11, 33. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but puts it on a stand that all may see its light. Did I tell you I was four days behind in my Bible reading when I was on that walk? So I returned home and realized I had my one thing because I had my where. And so I finally texted Tracy back. And here's our little conversation. So that's, I send gifts. If you're on my, if you're ever on a text thread with me, I will gif you to death. Okay. And this one is frozen, but it's, he's, he's like doing this. Oh, right. Forgot to respond. Yes, but curious. What do you see as our group's trajectory? And no kidding. Here's her response. Yay! I feel like God is leading us towards the idea of light. Emerging from the darkness, being the light in our homes, and finding our hope in Jesus, the light of the world. A trajectory of holding hope and collecting community face-to-face -face again. This is right after COVID, right? That's clear as mud, right? And my response, do you have a minute to talk on the phone? I mean, I don't call people unless, like, someone is, like, on fire. So, yeah, she's like, oh, my gosh. 
So, and I'm not a crier, but I was bawling like a baby. I'd like you to read, I'd like to read Luke 11:33 from the message version to you. And I'm going to get my glasses out for this because I don't want to skip it. So this is the message version, Luke 11. No one lights a lamp and then hides it in a drawer. It's put on a stand so that those who enter the room have light to see where they're going. Light illuminates. Light lights our way. We need to be ready to ready, set, glow. So as we finish up this weekend, we have three more messages, and we have three one more things. One, as we pursue the light of God, it illuminates our own hearts and the darkness that might be hiding in there. Saturday night, as the light of God illuminates our hearts, we find our hope and trust in Jesus. And then Sunday morning, on that trajectory of hope, we illuminate our homes and our communities. Ladies, Jesus is the light of the world. He has proven himself to be the God of light over and over again. It's in the Bible. It's in my life. I hope that you have found that in yours. My story is hard. Your stories might be hard. The Bible, full of hard stories. But I have to hold my hard story in an open hand so that others can see the light and see where they need to go. So we registered Thomas to come to Heartland Christian Camp with his youth group without his mom and dad. And then there was a COVID thing and he didn't end up getting to go. So, <laughs> but God has a sense of humor. And here's the thing, right? Was it about Thomas going or was it about me being obedient and just taking a step? not off the stage, okay? It's God's timing. What he's going to do with it, he's going to do with it. I've just got to take my basket off the light and take those steps. The light and grace and truth and Jesus and all of those characteristics that we looked up don't shine if we hide our hard stories under a basket. They don't shine if I hide Thomas in a drawer. Okay, don't call CPS. I don't really hide him in a drawer. <laughs> so, ladies, we're going to spend about five minutes. I'm going to have Kelsey come up and, and play a little music. Um, there are some, there's some questions. We're just going to have some personal reflection time for five minutes. There are some questions that you can kind of think about and answer in your booklet. 
Maybe you want to read Romans 8. There, because Romans 8 is? Thank you. Good. I almost missed my cue. Um, maybe you just feel like you'd like to write one of those Bible verses that you looked up today. There are some markers and some index cards back there. Feel free to, to take those and, and write some verses. This is five minutes for you to spend with God in reflection. And after that five minutes, she's going to sing us out. So five minutes. Five minutes.